Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Kent Sterling is our buddy, KentSterling.com in Indianapolis, talking about uh, the Colts. And they certainly, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if you ask me, have looked pretty good. Uh, I actually took them uh, with the win on the road in Smashville against the Titans, and it was a close one, but they got it done 19-17. I took them to win that game outright, and then I took them to beat the Falcons as well. The only game they lost was the game at L.A. to the Chargers, and I thought they played pretty well. Now, and Ken, it's good to have you back on the bench. How do you feel that they've played so far through three? I think they've been really good, and I think Jacoby Brissett has been what he's been advertised to be, and that's a guy who's not going to lose any games. The defense hasn't been great, but the offensive lines opened holes for Marlon Mack. They look like a good football team, not a great football team, not an elite-level football team, but a good one. So, um, you know, when luck went down, uh, everyone in the world said they were finished. How did the Colts players uh, react to the whole world giving up on them? You know, they kind of went on to what's next, and that's what Frank Reich always preaches. And every coach talks about this and being able to withstand kind of the slings and arrows of a season, whether it's injuries, unexpected stuff happens to guys who are on the team. And, and you just move on to the next day and you try to control what you can control. Every coach preaches it, but there's something, there's like steel in his words that's just a little bit different. And, and I think that Chris Ballard does a really good job of putting together players who are kind of built that way psychologically. And so this is a because every team in the NFL is going to have that. Not a, not a luck guy trying, you know, re- retiring for God's sake. But they're gonna, you're gonna have unexpected events happen throughout a season. These guys do. They kind of get up in the morning. They move on to what's next, and they get the job done. The offensive line. They got a guy like Quentin Nelson, and when you got a road grader like that at left guard, you got a chance. Did uh, Ken Sterling with us? Did did everyone think Vanatieri was gonna retire after he had the uh, couple misses, and everybody, you know thought when he said, I'll, I'll talk to you Monday, and did people actually think he was going to walk away, and then he turned around and went five for five? Yeah, they did think that he was going to retire, and and I think that in that moment of, of emotion that he thought he was going to retire, too. He Stephen Holder knows Adam Vinatieri about as well as a media guy can know a player, and, and I think that Stephen, who's the guy that Adam said that to, kind of understood the gist of it, and nobody ever reported that he was going to retire, at least nobody in Indianapolis. Some national guys reported that he was going to do that. But here, people waited for the shot. They thought that he was going to do it. Evidently, there was a meeting between Vinatieri and Reich the following morning, and they had a good, long discussion. Neither would discuss what that was about and the specifics of that meeting. But at the end of that, it was communicated to us that he was going to be back. And so the next day we talked to Adam, and Adam said, you know, it was just a misunderstanding. He needed some time to cool down. He wanted to be a part of the team, and they moved forward. And that first kick, that was a, uh, you know what, it it didn't go through clean. It doinked off the left upright, but it came through, and and that's what counts. They got the three points. Is uh, Hilton uh, the quad, what's the latest on that? And tell me about this Zach Pascal who has been coming up big for them. 
Yeah, how about Pascal? No targets in the first two weeks, and then they kind of run some games to, to throw him open, and they got that done, and Zach had a terrific day, uh, one touchdown and then one pass where he was just wide open. Uh, as far as Hilton goes, Hilton's quad is going to be a problem, and they're going to see if he can go Friday, if he can practice. If he can practice, he'll play. But even if he doesn't practice, he's been the kind of guy that Frank Reich trusts to put out the field, uh, out on the field without any practice. He's a guy who last year had multiple ankle injuries simultaneously and still found a way to get back out on the field and didn't miss time. Uh, so I think it's about 50-50. If it was anybody else, he'd say probably 0%. But T.Y. Hilton's a tough guy, and it's really hard to compel him or have an injury compel him to not be in the lineup on Sunday, especially when this team's 2-1, and one, and he is a real difference maker on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, Ken Sterling, our good friend in uh, Indianapolis, with us on the bench again. Uh, t- take me back to Brissett and, uh, you know, when he threw the 16 straight at the start of the game. Were you, like, you had to be sitting there looking at people uh, around you covering. <laughs> I mean, I would be looking around people going, "What? what is going on here? This is awesome. Like, this is unbelievable because he came out just on fire. What did you guys think, everyone, yourself and everyone around you? Well, it was, uh, you know what, we're not going to expect him to complete 16 in a row, but the Falcons, they sold out against the run. The Colts, they tell you, and they mean it, that they're going to run first and that they're going to run behind that offensive line, and they're going to allow that offensive line to open holes and wear down its defense. But they threw eight in the box and really left the Colts with no option but to throw the football. There weren't a lot of throws that were like, you know, none of them were six yards down the field. They were all pretty high percentage throws, but it was really nice to see that offensive line give him the kind of protection that he needed to be able to throw it to guys who were open and not have to dump it, not have to scramble, not have to shorten the field to one side or the other because he was forced to roll out. The offense worked the way the offense is supposed to. And, and when Frank Reich is calling the plays, and this is really a nice thing in Indianapolis because we came through a time when Chuck Pagano was the coach and he had different offensive coordinators where it seemed like the Colts were constantly being out-schemed. As soon as Reich got here last year, it seemed like this offense was out-scheming opponents. And I think it's, it was half percent being really, really good on a terrific day and I think it was half Reich and offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni scheming it so the Colts, when when eight were in the box, that they could respond and get it to an open receiver. What did you think of uh, the way Autry's playing on the end, uh, just going crazy? He's got a, a two and a half sacks. He's you know had all kinds of uh, activity behind the line. He's he's tackling guys left and right for loss. He's really come up big for him. Yeah, they absolutely love him. Throughout camp, they were talking about how great he looked, and he's really looked good during the season. They've got a bunch of guys who they feel are kind of interchangeable parts in that front four, and so they'll give you different looks, and and the looks with Autry have been really, really successful, and he's been a guy who signed as a free agent, has really kind of – the Colts, they want to build through the draft, and they want to augment with free agency. And Autry – has been a really good signing. That was a year ago. Uh, Justin Houston, they're really happy with so far, despite the fact that Houston hadn't really put up stats. 
And then there are a bunch of guys that they've drafted who are young guys like Kamoko Ture. That defensive front has been really dynamic. And as, as teams fall behind and then have to come from behind, they think they can get pressure on the quarterback, and that's going to bring them wins. So what's the deal with uh, Darius Leonard? Well, Darius, is, he's still in the concussion protocol. They kept us away from him today. As soon as we went into the locker room, he was at his locker, but they had a media relations guy saying, no, 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 no. I love Darius. Darius is a really good dude who spends a lot of time with the media. He talks to anybody who comes up. He, he's a great interview. You would love to talk to him. He, he's smart and he's funny and he kind of enjoys it. And so he's a guy who you go in and you try to see first when you've got a chance. But today they kept us away. He's still in the protocol. He's going to have to move through that. I don't believe he could, he was able to complete any of the steps last week that would have allowed him to get close to being able to play. And this week, I think it's going to kind of be touch and go. We'll see how it goes. All right, so tell me what you worry about uh, with this game this week with the Raiders because uh, I watch them, and uh, they, in my opinion, are getting worse by the week. Yeah, I'm not really worried about too much with the Raiders. They don't run the ball great. They don't throw the ball great. Derek Carr is an interception waiting to happen. On the defensive side of the ball, they're not great stopping the run, and they're not great stopping the pass. So, and Here's an interesting statistic, though. I, I figured because this was their second of back-to-back trips kind of east. They lost to the Vikings over the weekend, so this is the second back to, or their second of two road trips coming way east. I figured that that was going to mean uh, that the, you know, the Colts were kind of going to have an easy road. That's not the way it's worked for the Raiders in their last in their last five games where that circumstance has happened, they've won four of those games. So I, I don't know whether that means anything. Obviously, this is kind of a different team, uh, a lot of different guys. Uh, but the Raiders, I, I think, you know what, this is a Colts team that's developing a confidence and a swagger behind Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if the Colts win this one easy. They're only, they're only a few points. I mean, they've won by three and they've won by two, and that's how they're two and one. So they're only – really seven points away from being 0-3 right now. But I think that they win this game. And, and I think I congratulate you for seeing that, uh, that money line win against Tennessee down in Nashville. That was a cagey bet. I picked that one myself. And I think it's going to be another game like that this week, although the Colts are obviously going to be favored. So uh, Ken Sterling with us in Indianapolis. I know you went to uh, the Indiana Media Day. And I have to, you know, that's my alma mater. I have to tell you, uh, you know, I've been hearing about all these great players they keep getting, that uh, Archie's getting all these top, you know, 100, uh, you know, five-star players, four-star players that are going to Indiana now. Mr. Basketball staying and going there. And I want to know, at some point, are they ever going to be good? Because I think they still (laughs) suck. I mean, like, honestly, like, watching them play basketball has been torturous for me because – I guess, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, they've never been good since Bob Knight left. No, you remember when expectations were just a little bit higher for the Hoosiers. You know, and it seems like now if they got into the NCAA tournament, the, uh, they'd have a parade for them down in Bloomington. That's embarrassing. I think this is going to be a better team than it was last year. The chemistry is a little bit better. Uh, they, have, they have more depth on the front line. 
They've got guys healthy who weren't healthy. Race Thompson's healthy. Deron Davis is healthy. Rob Finnessy's healthy. This is going to be a better, deeper team. It's not quite as talented on the top end. They don't have a Romeo Langford. They don't have a Juwan Morgan. But they've got good depth. They're going to play like a team. And they're going to be tougher, I think, in the end than this team was uh, the previous year. Uh, I think this is going to be a better team. Not much better. I mean, they won, what, 18 games last year or whatever. I think that this is a team good enough to win 20, 21, 22, somewhere in that range, kind of squeak into the NCAA tournament maybe as a 9 or a 10 seed and show that Archie Miller's making progress with a lot of Indiana kids. He's doing a really good job recruiting the state. And do you believe that, that he's actually doing a good job so far in Bloomington? You know, I, he's doing a good job of recruiting Indiana. Now, can he coach? You know, that's a, that's a legit question. I don't know whether that elite eight run that came at Dayton, whether that was, you know, just serendipity and, and good fortune or what, because we really haven't seen it yet. When they lost 12 to 13 last season, it didn't look like he was a very good coach, and it looked like they really didn't pay much attention to him. So we're going to see as he gets more of his guys. And you, you need, I think, to give a guy four years so his roster is entirely populated with his own recruits, not Tom Crean's guys, because Tom Crean's guys, they were different, and there's still a couple of them on the roster. But those were a uh, that was a different group of coconuts that Tom Crean brought into Bloomington. He didn't do a good job of recruiting the state of Indiana toward the end. And now that, that Archie has got Indiana kids who played a lot of basketball growing up for a lot of really good coaches, I think they're going to get better, and I think we're going to be able to evaluate him a little bit more accurately this year, and then the following year we're going to see exactly who he is and try to decide then with some, you know, with, with some real hard evidence as to whether Fred Glass made the right hire in Archie Miller or not. Uh, lastly, do you think that the fans uh, believe in him? Ooh, that's a great question. You know what, and you brought it up in your, your initial kind of observations about Indiana. You've got two factions. You've got the guys who remember and women who remember Bob Knight, and you've got those who have come since. And those who have come since see Indiana through a different lens than the guys who are around in the 80s and the early 90s when Bob Knight had it rolling. And, and those Knight people, they want to see Indiana basketball being played in the way that Indiana basketball was played back then. They want to see motion offense. They want to see top hard-nosed man-to-man defense. And they, they evaluate Archie through that prism. And uh, that's, I mean, Bob Knight's one of the best five coaches in the history of college basketball. Right. So, you know, comparing Archie to Knight, most guys are going to fail that test. Uh, we're going to find out with Archie. I don't think he's Bob Knight, but, you know, I think he's a little bit better than he's been in years one and two. I just am glad uh, Bob Knight's moving back to Bloomington. That that was the best thing that's happened for me in, like, uh, honestly, like a year, just when I heard, because he had, he had been so anti-Bloomington since he left. He, he became like, uh, he pulled out that George Patton stuff, like he's just not having it, and then he got all grumpy. You mentioned Indiana around him. He turns into Belichick or Patton, and the guy freaks out. I'm just glad he's mellowing at 78 and going back to Bloomington to fish and golf. 
golf. Uh, I don't know if he still swings a golf club, but when I knew him and when I uh, was there and, and when I followed him, he could hit a golf ball 300 yards. Uh, I know he can't do that anymore, but I, I know he can still fish and hunt, so I just hope he doesn't shoot anybody uh, hunting in Bloomington. Uh, hey, listen, uh, Ken, I love you. Great stuff, as always. Uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks for coming on the bench. My pleasure, Scott. All right, uh, Ken Sterling. Uh, KenSterling.com. Check it out. 855-212-4CBS. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.